Well, the mission here at Aspen Grove is to grow followers of Jesus Christ through worship, community, and service. For the last four weeks, we've been in a powerful series called Lifehouse. We're learning how to, to live a radiant, Christ-centered life. And the key to living this life is filling our hearts and minds with the teachings of Jesus. And then sharing these teachings with those around us. So far, we've learned about righteousness, forgiveness, mercy, and humility. And the previous series we had, Life on Mission, taught us all about personal testimony and sharing with people around us. It, this has been a powerful time, folks, for me. I don't know about you. Very convicting. And today we're going to look at another challenging piece of scripture that deals with serving our master. But to set the stage for today's teaching, uh, let's see what is happening in Matthew chapter 24. Jesus is telling his disciples about the end times, when he will come again. And then he goes to great lengths to drive home the point of watching and being ready. Verses 40 to 44 in chapter 24 makes this very clear. So let's see if we can get that scripture. It's there. Okay. Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. So you two must what? Keep watch. For you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Understand this, if a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. Is there more of that? I believe. Yep. You must also what? When? For the Son of Man will come when least expected. Jesus then goes on in chapter 25 to tell the parable of the ten bridesmaids, which also makes this point and deals with keeping watch and being ready, and then tells the parable of the talents, also known by other titles such as parables of the three servants, the parable of the bags of gold, etc. Many of you know this story by heart. And today we're going to spend some time seeing how this parable applies to us. So if you want to follow along with your, with your Bible, turn to, to Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30. And uh, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, which will be on the screen. I hope, and it is. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest it, invest the money, and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver 
dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long trip, their master returned from this trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came, came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those... But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So you get what's going on here. This guy's going on a trip. Obviously, he was a man of wealth. And he called in three of his servants. And he gave them each some money to handle while he was away. Okay, let's call them Manny, Moe, and Jack. Okay, so Manny goes off, and he, uh, he buys some stocks, he buys some bonds, he gets some maybe pork belly futures or whatever, and uh, he goes right to work and does this, and he turns his investment into a profit. He doubles his money. Mo, he... He's a real estate guy, so he, he invests in some real estate in Jerusalem, some high-end stuff, and it does well, and he doubles his investment. Jack, uh, not such a good picture there. He, uh, he's probably a little bit on the lazy side, doesn't want to work hard, he's afraid of his master, he's afraid to fail, he doesn't want to take a risk. So he takes his money and he buries it. Doesn't do a thing with it. Well... The man came back, the master comes back, and he's really pleased with those two that doubled their money, and he gives them more responsibility. The one that did nothing, he fired. Simple as that. You're done. You were lazy. You didn't do a thing for me. You're done. I think there are several lessons we can learn in this parable. So, uh, several lessons we need to pay attention to. First, the parable of the talent teaches us that our life is all about living for our Lord and Savior. 
In the context of how this parable applies to us, the man going on an extended trip represents God, and the servants represent those who are followers of Jesus. That's us. God has given us the incredible privilege of working in and expanding his kingdom. We need to be telling others about him and helping those around us with all, all with the attitude and motive of love. Let's look at what Ephesians 2.10 says. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Philippians 2.13 says, it, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. A quote from the past, which I think is well worth remembering. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about God. Our salvation should not be simply viewed as a bus ticket to heaven. Sitting around, waiting for the bus is not what God expects of us. To quote Tim Keller, the purpose of redemption is not to escape the world, but to renew it. It is about the coming of God's kingdom to renew all things. As his followers, our life's goal and desire should be to serve our Lord and Savior in a way that renews the world around us. The second thing this parable teaches us is that God has equipped us to serve. An acronym that I've, I've known for years called SHAPE. I first saw this in a Rick Warren teaching many years ago, but I think it illustrates the point very well. Let's see if we can get that next slide up there after that. SHAPE stands for spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. Spiritual gifts, first of all, is a set of special abilities that God has given us to share his love and serve others. Heart, the special passions God has given us so that we can glorify him on earth. Abilities, the set of talents God gave us when we were born, which he also wants us to use to make an impact for him. Personality, the special way God wired us to navigate life and fulfill our unique kingdom purpose and experiences those parts of our past both positive and painful which God intends to use in great ways and he has also given us the Holy Spirit who is always right there beside us and with us There's no doubt in my mind that God has equipped our church family to do great king things for his kingdom. Throughout our history, through his direction and power, we have done great things for him. We are doing great things for him now. Providing food and entertainment at times for Nashville Rescue Mission. Visiting church family members who can no longer come out on Sunday mornings. Visiting senior centers, supporting grace works, praying for the needs of others, making people who walk through our doors on Sunday mornings feel loved and accepted and welcomed.
etc., etc. And just recently, if you remember, we had a service Sunday. We did some great things that day. I was really proud of this church. And I'm sure I've missed a lot of things, and if I've missed something you're doing, I apologize. I just don't know everything we're doing. And that's a good thing. But we're not done yet. I believe he has even greater things for us to accomplish as we go forward. Third lesson we learn from the parable of the talents, we do not all have the same resources, but what we have he expects us to use to serve him. Romans 12, 4 and 5. Let's see if we can get that up there. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Our church family is made up of many ages. We come from many different places. In fact, it's hard to find anybody anymore that's from the Nashville area. And we have different occupations and different financial resources. We have different spiritual gifts. We have different passions, different abilities, different personalities, different experiences. Some of us have an amazing amount of talent. Some of us have less than that. (laughs) Some of us are healthy. Some of us are not. Some of us have more available time on our hands than others. How many resources we have is not that important. How we are using the resources we do have is very important. We need to view how we serve as a ministry, no matter what we're doing, no matter how mundane. You know, We don't just clean the building so we have a clean building. That's not the way we need to look at it. We need to clean the building so that when somebody walks in here on Sunday, they feel comfortable, they feel welcomed, they feel the presence of God. That's how we look at all of our ministries, or should. There's nothing that isn't important to God when we're serving him. I love 1 Corinthians 12 that talks about um, the various body parts and how the body has an ear, an eye, a hand, etc., etc., and how, you know, the body would be pretty dismal if it had one big eyeball and nothing else. We'd see a lot, but couldn't do anything. Or if it just had a big ear, We could hear a lot, but we couldn't do a lot. And that's a caution I want to put out there, is that we don't need to judge what other people are doing. We just need to work that out with God, what we're doing, and not judge those around us and what they're doing. Everything is important to God when we're serving Him. You're never too young or too old to serve. Our own example right here. Gentleman in the back that's doing slides right now. 
appreciate them. You're doing a great job. I want to tell you another story about a guy by the name of Trevor Farrell, who was a sixth grader at the time from Gladwin, Pennsylvania. On December 8, 1983, he saw a news report that talked about a code blue in Philadelphia, and they were bringing homeless people into shelters so they wouldn't freeze to death. That night, he learned what street people were. And he nagged his father to take him down to Center City, Philadelphia, where he handed one homeless person a blanket. And through his persistence and dedication, in less than two years, Trevor's campaign became a million-dollar nonprofit with hundreds of volunteers to help the homeless. I heard a story this morning. Lori Calloway was telling me. Somebody showed up at her doorway and said, you're going to dinner with us. She doesn't even know the people. They took her to dinner. They took her shopping. And they are providing help for her at times. Is that right, Lori? Thanks for sharing that. That's how we serve in our communities. Now, on the end, other end of the age spectrum, I just read about a senior citizens class from a church I used to attend. And I believe that most of these people are in their 70s and 80s. And they just went on a short-term missions trip to Thailand, up in Chiang Mai, which is way up on the northern border. Not an easy trip to make, not the most friendly place to be. I give them a lot of credit. Another man that I really admired in that church, a guy by the name of Ben DeVore, he was in his early 80s when one Sunday I went to church and the senior minister from the pulpit said, I have an announcement for you today. He said, Ben DeVore will not be with us today. He's in jail. I had the same reaction as Trish just had there. Yeah, what? And then he went on to say, he went with a bunch of people with prison ministries to minister to prisoners in such and such a jail in his early 80s. A wise woman once said to me, one other than my wife, okay, that there are different seasons of life. However, you are never in a season of life where you can't serve God in some way. I mean, even if your health is totally failing, you can pray for somebody. There's always something you can do. And one last thought before we move on. All of us who have given our life to Jesus Christ have the ability to share the incredibly great news of the gospel with those we come in contact with. All of us can do that. Fourth lesson we learn from this parable. When we make ourselves available to serve in ways we can't believe we can, he equips us to do so. And excuse me, my eyes are running. Thank you. 
when we make ourselves available to serve in ways we don't believe we can, he equips us to do so. Kind of like stretching our muscles. You know, if you don't do anything with your muscles, you do absolutely nothing, they atrophy. I had that experience a while back when my meniscus tore, and I was amazed at how quick the muscles in my legs went to nothing. But if we exercise those muscles, we can do more and more things. I can even sometimes outdrive Adam on the golf course. Uh, not very often. Scriptures are filled with examples of people being stretched. King David and the apostles, to name some of them. In my own life, I got to tell you, being up here today is like an out-of-body experience, okay? This stretches me like nothing else. Okay. And quite often when I'm getting ready to preach, which isn't often, I'm not a fun person to be around. Am I, Marilyn? <laughs> but in my own life, I've seen this. Um, when I, I was a fairly new Christian, a couple years into it, and I was asked to teach a young marriage class. Me? <laughs> can't teach a young marriage class. <laughs> no way. But I, I went forward with it with fear and trepidation, and it worked out okay. And then a, a little while into that, I was asked to help out be a Bible school superintendent in a junior high Bible school program at my church. Me? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Junior hires? No way. But I did it. First Sunday, I walked into this room filled with about the size of a three-car garage. That's what it was. Filled with 80 junior hires, screaming, yelling, rocket ships flying everywhere. And my first thought was, I'm going to kill the Christian education minister that got me into this. <laughs> and so on. And into that... God opened the door for me to be an elder. <laughs> really not me. <laughs> okay, no way. And so on and so forth. And that's the way life works. When we use it, God gives us more responsibilities. I want to bring Katie Browning up at this point. Katie is going on her second mission trip this summer. She's going back to Uganda. Is Katie here? I need Katie. There she is. Don't do that to me. <laughs> She's going back to Uganda where she will be an inter intern for Heal Ministries. I think some of you ladies have been making dresses for that ministry at times. She'll be working with her day school and preschool and women's fellowship. All right? I don't, with, do we have a microphone that works up here? I can talk loud. You can talk loud. She'll talk loud. Okay. Okay, Katie... Uh, last year was your first short-term mission trip, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the year before last. year before last, yes. And when you agreed to go, I'm sure you felt very confident and comfortable. And there we go. You were confident, comfortable, and you were ready to go, and you didn't have any qualms about it, right? Negative. <laughs> now tell me what you were thinking. Um, 
Well, it was a long process to go from where I began to actually getting on that plane and going to Africa for the first time. But I remember the first time that it kind of sunk in that, you know, yes, I was going to take this step and I felt like the Lord was calling me to do this and I was going to finally say yes. And um, it was a lot of no <laughs> before that. It was a lot of no. It was a, I'm, at the time I was, oh gosh, I was 17. I was, I was not ready. I was, I was just a normal girl. God could call so much better people than me. Like I, I wasn't the one for the job. And you know, he, there could be so many other people who would do so much better than me. And that, you know, why, why me and not me? You know, that I wasn't the one for the job. And I was terrified. And I thought, you know, here, you know, even after I had said yes, what, what if I did it wrong? What if I, what if I disappointed all the people who helped me get there? And what if I got there and it was just a big mistake that I didn't do what the Lord had called me to do? Thank you. <laughs> but you went anyway, didn't you? But I did it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> How'd it go? Um, it was the best week of my life. <laughs> all right. There you yeah. go. And now God has trusted you to go again, hasn't he? Thankfully, scarily, scarily is that a word? Scarily, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Katie, I want to thank you for your bold example of serving the Lord at your age. It's fantastic. And what I'd like to do now is have the elders come up and pray over you before you go. She'll be leaving next Sunday, getting on a very long airplane ride, or rides. Rides, yeah. rides, yeah. Okay, so if the elders could come up at this time, maybe just take turns praying for her. We'd appreciate it. wants to start. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we praise you. We are so, we feel so blessed that all you've done for us. And, and, and we are so happy that you have so blessed Katie to give her this, this heart of service. And we, we pray that uh, you make her trip successful and to, to keep her safe throughout this whole journey. Heavenly Father, we'd also ask, Lord, that you uh, embolden us as we, as we witness Katie's boldness. Father, and again, I, I join Dave in praying for her safety and for her success. And that uh, hearts and minds would be touched for you over there and drawn closer to you through Katie's sacrifice. Father, as we see this servant... Uh, follow your lead and your calling we just pray that uh, you would place the servant heart in all of us here that we would uh, have our hearts open our minds our ears our eyes so we could see where you're calling each of us Lord to serve those who are less fortunate or those who don't yet know the gospel may we develop the same servant heart Lord as we serve you as king Lord I thank you for this example from someone so young and we thank you for her life thank you for her parents who raised her in a way that she knows you and Lord, we praise you, ask for her safety, ask for uh, that she, she would, you would be with her every step of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can I say one thing? You may. Um, I just want to thank all of y'all um, for helping me do this. I'm 
so excited and so scared. Um, <laughs> but mostly excited. And it's starting to, you know, kick in that I'm actually doing this. Um, but more so, I'm not doing anything spectacular. And that's just one thing I want to say. Like, what I'm doing, yeah, it's scary and yeah, it's different. But I'm not doing anything spectacular. Everything that I'm doing, like Bob has told us this morning, is I'm just listening and I'm responding. So while I ask y'all to pray for me, pray for my safety, and that um, everything goes as, you know, not as I planned, but as he plans, more so please pray for people and um, the mission and um, that while I'm there, that um, I, I don't want my light to shine. I want his light to shine. So for more so, don't pray for me. Um, pray for the people and that um, while I'm there, good is done. That's just what I ask for. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Church, will you commit yourself to pray for her for over the next month? That was a pretty weak yes. <laughs> okay, there we go. Thank you. Okay. Working in the kingdom is not about comfort level. It's about your willingness to let God do amazing things through you. And he will. The fifth lesson in the scripture, serving him is not an option. This starts when we give our lives to him and continues through eternity. I, I've searched. You won't find the word retirement in the Bible. Where can we serve? Maybe some of you are thinking about that now. I, I hope so. If you're not serving. The opportunities are endless. Let's start with your family. Are you serving your family? If you're married, are you serving your spouse? How about your neighborhood and community? Are you supporting organizations that are helping those in need in this country and around the world? Closer to home, we have needs here at Aspen Grove. To name a few, we have members who no longer attend who need people to visit them. We're doing some of that, but we need to do more. We need help in that area. We need help with our ministries to senior centers. We're doing some of that, but we need to do more. We need help with our children and youth ministries. We're doing that now, but we need more help. And a note to you parents out there, Get your kids involved in service at an early age, please. You see the result with Katie? If any of this strikes a chord in you, uh, or if you see a need for a new ministry here that we need to start, would you see me after services, please, and I'll, I'll get you pointed in the right direction. Sixth and last, you can go, ah. Oh. Sixth and last, and perhaps the most sobering, we will be held accountable. That's not a word that's popular in our culture, but it's very biblical concept. The end of this parable and others like it, like the parable of the fig tree, 
and the remaining scripture in chapter 25, which talks about sheep and goats, provide a sheer warning against not giving God our all. Remember how this parable of the talents ended? Let's see if we can get that up there. We got it. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most. And get rid of this, play it safe, who won't go out on a limb. Throw him out into utter darkness. Aspen Grove, we have talent. That's not a question. It's a fact. Let's use it to glorify God, serve the common good, and further God's kingdom. Let's work diligently in the here and now to produce the return expected by our master. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, we thank you for the privilege of serving in your kingdom. Lord, I pray that you would just show us how and show us what. We know you can equip us. We know you will. You, we know that you won't give us anything that we can't handle. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So now we're going to move into a time of response and communion. As we think about that video clip we saw earlier, Memorial Day commemorates and remembers those men and women that died in the service of their country in the armed forces. They couldn't do any more. They gave up even unto death. And so we celebrate that once a year, remembering that. We celebrate their lives. Jesus gave the ultimate. He died for us. And when we go into communion, the bread that we, we eat represents his broken body, which was broken for us in the juice which represents his blood, which was shed for us. These elements are on three tables in the back, I think. Is there one over there? Yeah, three tables in the back. When I dismiss you after I pray, please make your way to one of these tables, uh, pick up the elements, return to your seat, or maybe you want to form groups with others. That's up to you, if you so desire. And... Remember the sacrifice Jesus made. And as part of your communion with God this morning, please take a moment or two to ask him where you need to be serving. Perhaps this morning you need someone to pray with you. Maybe you haven't taken that first step of joining his kingdom and need to talk to someone about giving your life to Jesus. Maybe you need to complete that act of obedience of baptism. Some of the elders and myself will be in that back corner if any of this uh, is something you want to approach. Very non-threatening. We'll be there. We'll pray with you. We'll tell you the next step you need to take to give your life to Jesus or to be baptized. So again, join with me in prayer, please. 
lured the video clip at the beginning in a powerful way reminds us of the price your son paid for us. Lord, he left heaven. He came to earth. He was king of all and gave it all up so that we may live with you eternally. May we never forget this. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may go now and get communion.